In a not-so-stable world, it is crucial to amplify the right message. At the Stream Grace Network, our goal is to do just that. We are adding to our stable of podcasters every month, and we are growing. This is where you come in. We want to share in that growth. If you are a small business owner looking to grow your business, we'd love it if you'd consider allowing one of our podcasters to endorse you, your products, or services. The best part is that endorsement will never stop running in any episode it is a part of, ever. This is a unique and rare benefit in digital advertising. We want everything we do to be uplifting and to encourage positive growth. And we'd love to partner with you. For more information, visit us online at StreamGrace.com or email us at support at StreamGrace.com. God bless. You're listening to the Stream Grace Network. Life is full of amazing moments. Some make you laugh, some make you cry, and some are just downright brutal. I'm Rachel Burchett. And this is my brutal life. Well, hello and welcome back to my brutal life. And I am so excited about this podcast. I have my co-host with me, Jeremy Griffin. Hola. Hola, como esta? Uh, muy bien. ¿Y tú? I, all I know is parlez-vous français. I just... That's a different language. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. <laughs> you did good. I mean, that was good in its own language, but that's not <laughs> one I was speaking. I don't speak Spanish. Yeah, well, I, yeah I, I don't either. Only just numbers. It's just those things. Yeah. Yeah. And then <laughs> I have my brother here with me. This is my brother, John Smith. Hello. I'm I'm so excited about this. Or maybe I should say Konnichiwa. We, we got, got so dropped. excited. <laughs> wow. We got really excited for like, is it uh, Chinese or Japanese? Japanese. Japanese. <laughs> See? We did. We, I was like, wow. We just you know what? I do choice. know some Czechoslovakian and I feel good about that. I'm looking some up now. <laughs> it's next time. my favorite. This is what my, my dad taught me. Uh, Stajinka Dini Pivo. What does that mean? It means grandma, give me a beer. And I just <laughs> felt like there's so many causes and uses for that. Um, I know, so. I know how to speak. What do they speak in Holland? Is it Dutch? Dutch. I know, Dutch. I know a Dutch sentence. Opelipetatuaja. Okay. That means that means my lips are tattooed. <laughs> so I used to have my lips tattooed with the lipstick on. Wow. <laughs> Opelipetatuaja. Wow. Mm, that's <laughs> nice. I told my wife Lori. I said, "Hey, we should move somewhere in like the Scandinavian area. We just should go there and yeah. live there." Yeah. But. We haven't yet. We did. My well, I'm. Let me just start. Finish the intro. I'm so excited oh, to have yeah. my brother here. I really <laughs> never ever thought this would ever happen. I just never thought because he lives in St. Louis, and I live here. And life situations has has brought him down here a couple of times. And I just said to him the other night, I was like, "You want to be on my podcast?" And he was like, "Sure." And I'm like, "Cool. That's awesome. This is going to happen." Yeah. And um, but he he works for Joyce Myers Ministry. You've worked there for how long? 23 years 23 years and this year in february it's 23 years wow they call you said they call you the patriarch <laughs> wow <laughs> been there long enough yeah the patriarch of it i've been there long enough in the <laughs> it department worked there long enough to like know anything and everything about the network and it, it comes up so go ask jonathan go ask jonathan like there it is so, you know. yeah so i is it fair to say that um 
your views and opinions do not necessarily represent those of the Joyce Meyer Ministries? Yes, it is. Okay, fantastic. <laughs> Just in case anybody's concerned. Yeah, yeah, he did text me the other day, and he said, I talked about you because they do staff devos and stuff. And he said, I talked about your talked about you in your podcast. And I said, how? And he said, with my mouth. And I, like, oh, <laughs> I used my mouth this time. <laughs> so yeah. I did say this to him last night. I wanted to ask, because there's, okay, so I have lied to everybody about our age difference oh. between he and I. I've always thought there was 18 years difference and there's not. There's 15 and a half. It's because you thought you were younger than you were. I did. Yeah. I did. <laughs> I did. Next year there's 19 and a half. Yeah. 20 and a half. <laughs> so I need to apologize to everybody I've talked to. Wow. There's 15 and a half years difference and so he and I obviously have had two different lives. There's him and my older sister Becky and then there's a 10 year gap and then my oldest sister Beth and then me. And so we've had ongoing growing conversations. Our conversations really don't have a period at the end. They just keep going about, yeah, the different lives that we grew up. And so he, when I was little, um, so (laughs) we'll start with this, this story. My brother is the only one that ever spanked me. (laughs) And we've talked about this. Mm -hmm. He's the only one that ever spanked me. And he was always my like hero. Mm. Like he was a weightlifter, bodybuilder, right? Yep. Did that for, yeah, did that for a while. Yeah. I, and I, I, how did you get into that? Um, boredom. <laughs> <laughs> cool. <laughs> well, no, I, you know, I graduated high school and, and 160 pounds, you know, and six foot two, just kind of wanted to start mm-hmm. doing something and just kind of started going to this real hole in the wall gym, met people and it just kind of grew from there. You know, so kept going. What was the name of the gym? um spartan health spa spartan health spa so last last night we we're talking and i said i have this memory of being in this gym with him and it's where the men worked out one, on one side and the women worked out on the other mm. and then there was like this room in the middle and you, i just remember sitting on this couch watching tv i think i was like four mm-hmm. i have been in the gym since i was four wow because he was babysitting me and i remember peeking out the door like okay uh, that's kind of cool. No, you, he was using you to pick up chicks. Oh. Weren't you? There it's it like is. They use puppies today. That's yeah. right. That's right. Oh, what a cute little girl you have. Yeah, yeah. I'm a single dad. <laughs> well, actually, I got asked that question a lot. He did. Oh, is that your daughter? Yeah. No, it's my sister. Yeah. Oh, she's cute, you know. Yeah. Yeah, because I, and I didn't, I didn't know how much I was, he took care of me. And well, obviously it makes sense, you know, 15 years older and Becky's, you know, 10 years older or whatever. And so that question, I didn't know he got asked a lot. And so fast forward to going through my brutal story and all this stuff and, and getting a lot of stuff worked out in my heart. I, there's an activation that you can take people through on how you see God. And we've talked about, we just had a whole 30 minute conversation before we hit record right. that we'll get into. It's probably good. Cause I was, I was unhinged. Do you, you yeah. And that's how, those are the good ones. Those yeah. are the good conversations. That's for the members only podcast. <laughs> oh, that's, a, that's a good one. You got to yeah. pay. Brutal life. <laughs> yeah. Brutal life unhinged. Yeesh. But I went through this activation on how you see like the father's heart, how you see God. And we're supposed to see God like we see our earthly father. And when I went through that, I didn't see that you're supposed to write down adjectives. And I didn't see God the way I saw my earthly father and nothing wrong with that. But when I begin to look at it, it's how I saw my brother, Mm. which makes sense because I've had these moments in my life where he has 
acted to, like a father towards me. Mm-hmm. And so as God began to move our lives closer together in these latter times, we begin to share experiences and stories and how where he's been on his path, getting to Joyce to where he's at and working at Joyce Myers. And then where I've been on my path, how we ended up being raised in church, but now having these kaleidoscope turns of perspective about who Jesus is. Mm. And so you, you went from, and you lived in California for how many years? How did you end up in California? Uh, I'd started work for a software company at the time. The company wasn't, I'll say the name because they're no longer in existence. Novell <laughs> was the company. And uh, we had just moved back to St. Louis and my wife put in a resume and an application for some place I didn't know about. And I get this call one day from guys at Novell and say, hey, we want to interview you. And so I came in for an interview and mm-hmm. long story short, I got hired. Mm-hmm. And that was in St. Louis. And then uh, they decided to open up an office in San Jose, California. They flew me out there back and forth once a month for a year to kind of help get things established in a particular area. And then at the end of all that, they made me an offer to move out there. And that's how you ended up. And out that's there. how we ended up out in California. And you had. Yep. So he has two, he has four boys, twins. And at the time I had the twins, Jason and Justin. And then Jonathan and Kyle were born out there. Yes. They were born born after we moved out there. And so, uh, that was in 1989. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We moved out there and, you know, it was a good life and great. I mean, the company in the nine years I was there, we went from a hundred million to two and a half billion dollars in revenue. So phenomenal growth and a phenomenal learning experience in that in that time frame while you're out in California. So he's out there. I'm here um, in Oklahoma. And I, still, he's my hero. He is the hero. He has no idea. He's just, to, to me, I'm just a little sister, but he is my hero. Thinking that I have a brother lives in California. That's all. That is that's like just cool. cool. Like, that's just cool. You surf every and day, bro. And he's a bro. weightlifter. <laughs> and he, he works out. And he works for this wonderful company. And we'd go out there. I think I went out there twice to see him. And um, just... That was just my image of him, just strong, talented. He draws, he can do anything. I mean, just, that was just my image. And then I get pregnant at 16 and he was the one I did not want to tell. Mm. And But we didn't have any interaction as in a relationship. Mm-mm. No. Because when you got married, I would think I was six. Actually, I- yeah, five or six. Yeah, yeah, I was young. I was in his wedding, and I have, like, one memory of it. She was mm. the flower girl. Yeah, mm. yeah, and but I have a memory of the reception for some reason. And so, but prior to that, I do remember him and Kim taking care of me and spending the night at their place, and I have, like, spotted memories. Kim's my wife. Yeah, Kim's his wife. <laughs> we should have said that. <laughs> nah, I mean, you know, context. We, I figured it out. <laughs> So I get, so he's in California. I'm here. I have this, this image of my brother as my hero and I'm just a little sister and I get pregnant and he, I just did not want to tell him. I just like avoid him at all cost. And I'm sitting and I've told him this story. I'm sitting at home. Of course, my sisters know and my mom and dad know and a plan's being made and he calls and mom answers and she says, this is, this is the conversation. Yeah. Yeah, she's here. Okay, hang on. Rachel, your brother wants to talk to you. And I was like, oh, gosh. Oh, man. Okay. So I pick up the phone and I said, 
this is how I remember it now. He have, might remember it a different way. And I said, he said, so, well, I, mom told me what's going on or what's happening. And I said, yeah. And he said, well, Kim and I have talked and we want to offer you, if you want to move out here, we'll help you raise the baby. Wow. And I was like, oh my. Well, obviously I didn't take him up on that offer. I was so overwhelmed. But years later in processing the father's heart activation, what he did to me those two times, spanking me and <laughs> <laughs> and giving me another option, that's what a father does. Mm. And I didn't know how dramatically that would impact my life. And so then obviously my life goes this way, his life goes this way. But it it subconsciously put this bond together that is, I think, why we're here right now yeah. and moving forward. Mm-hmm. So how did you end up from California to, where was your next step from there? Well, I had, like I said, I started Novell in 88. And long about mid-1993, I just kind of started feeling this unsettlement in, in my heart and couldn't quite figure it out. And I would do what Rachel would, does at the beginning of every year, set a couple of days aside and mm-hmm. pray and seek God for direction. And I remember it, it was January 3rd of 1994, <laughs> one time after reading and devotional, you know, God said, it's time for a change. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I said, okay, great. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm all for change, you know, and that's one thing that they taught us at Novell. Don't be afraid of change. Embrace it. Mm-hmm. Embrace it and be a part of it. If you're afraid of it, you're going to resist it and you're going to get left behind and hurt. Mm-hmm. So embrace the change and work with it and become part of it. So great. <clears throat> I'm all open to change. And so change. 95. 1995. Mm-hmm. Change. Okay. Still in the same spot. Mm-hmm. Mid-1996. Change. Still in the same spot. But in that process what began to happen was it's like at work i began to kind of feel like a failure just like things just weren't gelling things just weren't clicking things just weren't working and i was making some goofy mistakes and it's like you know and so when i was praying one day and, and the lord told me he goes you're no longer i told you there was change and there's no you're no longer anointed to do this job mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. time to move on mm-hmm. and so um I began and God, I began to feel this urge to go to Bible school <laughs> and uh, didn't know where that was, but I just began to feel that urge to go to Bible school. So I started investigating and looking and, and seeing what was around and, and chose a Bible school in the uh, Fort Worth area. And so in, uh, at the, towards the end of July, August, September of 96, well, Bible school started in September. Well, I st- Still was in California, still had had a house to sell, still had all this stuff. Four boys. <laughs> Four Did boys. Did Kim work at Novell too at the time? She, no, not at the time. Okay. She didn't. And uh, so I'm praying one day and the Lord says, and, this is, and it was very specific, you go in and, and this is one of those times I could hear an audible voice of God mm-hmm, almost, mm-hmm. you know, and it was like, you go in, you talk to so-and-so. And you tell them this, 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 and this. Very, very specific. Mm. And I said, okay. Monday comes around. I went in, made the appointment, and told them <laughs> this, this, and this, and this. And they said, okay. And and what this, 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 and was, was basically I was 
telling them what I wanted for a severance package. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and wow. I was like, that's pretty bold, Lord. Right. You need, this is what you need to tell them. I did. They came back and said, okay. Wow. Wow. Here it is. Wow. You know, and, you know, packed things up and we moved down. It's to time for a change. Fort Worth, time for a change. And it happened that quick. You know, I'm waiting two years for change. Right. <clears throat> and looking for it and it never mm-hmm. occurred. And then all of a sudden, you know, within within two eight weeks six weeks Mm -hmm. you know we're going from california to down to bible school in fort worth and that's where we were for the next year that's such an underrated reality i think people so often they see the change in their life they they assume everything's going to be gradual like and and the biggest issue is this i think uh, they get in this mindset where um you know you're just kind of you're living life and you're like well I'm not anywhere that I want to be. Like they have these goals and they still seem so far off. And man, I have seen more times than not that things change on a dime. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, from when I was the last church I was working at, um, it was that transition happened in three weeks. And I did the week before I did not see any of that coming, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And so you're just kind of like, Hey, all right. And more to the point, um, uh, where I started in ministry, like I figured it would take even what we're doing with the string grace network right now. Like we are months and months ahead of what I projected Mm -hmm. in terms of all of the like milestones that I had written down. And, and they were some of those milestones that I figured would take six to eight months happened in the first month. And and you're just sitting there going, I mean, okay. And none of it was pursued by me. It was all, it just all just happened. Mm -hmm. Do you think that I think because he and I've had conversations where well, and he just said this to me in a text not too long ago. God's always working in your future. He's he's showing you things like it's time for a change. Hmm. That he's working your future out, but he's preparing you in the now. And yeah. we think it's going to happen like this. But that was in the eight nineties, mm-hmm. where again we've had so many conversations. We are we are standing on the shoulders of the ones who went before us. Sure. And I think now we're living in a season where it is happening faster. Yeah. A lot faster. Yeah. Everything's coming to, to completion, right? Mm-hmm. And, and this is my my take on it, my opinion. Um, you know, I saw the beginning of 2020. Uh, you know, I laid it out. My, my All these people were looking at saying 2021. Oh, thank God we'll get into it. And I said, dude, th- no. Mm-hmm. Why do you think 2021 is going to be better right, than 2020? Right. In my opinion, we are on a, uh, from a, I want to say this appropriately from a cultural standpoint, we are on a downward spiral. That's not going to, mm-hmm. it's not going to go mm-hmm. up. Like it's mm-hmm. just not. Now some people see that as defeated or hopeless and it's not 2020 was my best year I've had in like that. I can remember <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. personally. Right. Mm-hmm. And 2021 looks like, you know, and this is the thing. If you think about old Testament, right. When the angel of the Lord came and Passover, mm-hmm. there was from a outsider standpoint, Passover was a disaster that time frame because all of these Egyptian babies were killed. Right. But who was saved? Those who had a mark over their right. threshold. Well, in the same way, we are marked by the blood of Jesus, mm-hmm. right? So as things begin to fall apart socially and, and culturally, mm-hmm. we are marked. Right. And so we it's not that we're, you know, I'm sure that a lot of those people in that community felt bad. You know, they felt the emotional um 
loss of their neighbors mm-hmm. who had lost kids, mm-hmm. but they themselves didn't. So we're in the same way. We, you know, we have the COVID thing. We have the political and cultural just complete upheaval. And so we can be in that and feel the effects of it. But personally, at our level, we find ourselves not not everybody. I can't speak for everybody, but I feel like there's a level of insulation. Right. You know, and right. so so when that stuff happens and, and we talk about like how how quickly these things happen, like I said, I think they've been in works for so mm-hmm. long. Mm-hmm. And so it's just all coming mm-hmm. together at this moment. Right. Right. And what it, I think in the works of it being together so long is, you know, you've known Jesus for how long? I mean, it, you know, it's, for, I can say almost my whole life, my whole life. Yeah. yeah. I remember at 12 years old. Yeah. Um, uh, missionary from Scotland. Really? <laughs> Came nice. to a little church we were at and listened to him. And that's where I got saved. I can only do a Scottish accent by yelling. I can't do it any other way. <laughs> I'm not going to do it now, but I don't even think I know Scottish, but I think what I'm saying is like, we, we, we all have this, this legacy of knowing Jesus knowing religion, knowing Jesus, knowing religion, and then knowing Jesus again, mm-hmm. <laughs> knowing the heart of the father mm-hmm. again, and feeling that insulation is like, now I know I can see God's heart in the brutality moving from California to Fort Worth. Cause you went to, um, uh, was it, uh, Jerry Savelle's Jerry Bible, school? Bible school, which what I found so interesting about that is when he went to Jerry Savelle's Bible school, I at the time had, was really learning a lot from Jerry Savelle, Kenneth Copeland, which is great teaching, but standing here now looking at what God was threading through our lives mm-hmm. while he's over there, I'm over here, you're over there. Mm-hmm. God is putting, pulling all of that together in the center of his heart, not necessarily the church institution. And mm-hmm. again, I'll say it again. I love the church, but I love God more Mm -hmm. and sometimes that means i have to disagree with the man-made rules of the church and he's kind of creating this new verbiage to where when john and i started having these conversations again i'm like who are you who what like we we talk the same way Mm -hmm. not even living life interconnectedly you know but we are interconnected because we're living in the heart of the Father. Man, I want to give you guys this word. Uh-huh. <laughs> wow. Now, you know me. I do. I maybe have never said that before. Exactly. I'm like, okay, let me, but this I, is recording, right? Yeah. But this is, here's what I think is interesting about this. So I was talking, I've been, you know, one of the coolest things about what I'm doing right now is I'm in connection with so many church leaders that aren't in connection with each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when you start hearing a resounding theme, you can't help. You have to pay attention. You have to, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> right. And so I'm having this yep. conversation with a guy who's 50. I'm 44, almost 45. And uh, and he said, it just feels so weird. I feel like we're just starting, but, you know, we've been in this for so long. Yeah. <laughs> but, I, but this is the word. Because this is, and I want to back up before I finalize this. Okay. So... What I'm doing right now, mm-hmm. I had the vision for this and started a ministry called Unified Ministries when I was 22, which was 22 years ago. Mm-hmm. And and I know you'll really like this, like, Rachel, mm-hmm. but growing up in every sport I ever played, my number was two. <laughs> and, and you know where my brain is going. I know it went there immediately. <laughs> and I mean, I hadn't done the math till just now, but here's what's so funny. Um... 
I had that vision and I began to make it move. And really it fundamentally was why are churches blowing all this money and resources individually when we could collectively do it? Mm -hmm. You know, and it's simple little thing like cameras. Churches were buying all these cameras to use 15 minutes a week for announcements. Mm -hmm. What if one person bought the camera and used it for 15 churches? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Save us lots of money, right? That's that's how it kind of like logically unfolded and it turned into something much, much bigger. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, that was started 22 years ago in my brain. Now, had it it couldn't have unfolded then. Mm-mm. My experiences today. First off, I was 22. You you tell me what pastor is going to listen oh, to a 22 year old mm-hmm. with that kind of vision? Not in that time. Mm-hmm. No, and so the technology wasn't there. Either. It wasn't no. exactly. And I mean, I, I found myself over the years presenting. This is one of the things I love about right now. Somebody asked me, "What's your favorite thing about right now?" I said, "Nobody tells me no." I, I said, because I, I, what happens is I would go to a pastor. I remember going to a pastor and I said, hey, I figured out a way. I, I stayed up one night and figured out how to make an auto start DVD or a CD-ROM that had basically a website built on it in Flash. Um, you know, so old school. You, those computer people don't know that. That's like, You're, yeah, that's really like. crappy. Anyway, but but at the time, right? So I had this and I said, we could do visitor packets, right? So these churches were doing visitor packets and they were like five, six dollars a pop. And all they had was a couple pieces of printed material and a nice cardboard box. <laughs> and so I'm sitting there going, we could put a message, we could put video, all this stuff. And so I built this prototype, I stayed up to like 3.30 in the morning after like having this idea at 10. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, how do I make an auto run? <laughs> research, research on dial up. And I, <laughs> so I make this CD-ROM and I show it to the pastor. I'm like, look what we can do. And he said, not everybody has computers. That was his response. Not everybody yeah. has computers. And I'm like, okay, okay, fair enough. First of all, I totally disagree because like Mm -hmm. everybody I knew had computers, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but I said, okay, fair enough, but they have them at work. And what would be better is them checking it out at work and someone walking by going, what's that? Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. well, needless to say, it didn't happen. And again, by the way, cost of production, 52 cents. I figured that was really good. So three years later, that's the norm. Right. You know, people are doing their visitor packets on CD-ROM. And of course, now it's evolved to different things. But my point is, like, I could tell you that story four or five different times that I can remember. And I got so frustrated because I'm like, man, all this is just shut down because of lack of vision or confidence to move and change and do something new. And and I'm like, man, the power of and keep your visitor packets. Let's just throw this out as an option, you know. So I say that to say, you know, that was the story of my life. Now, nobody tells me, no, if I have an idea, I just do it. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And 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 if it fails, it fails. I don't care. I have lots of failures. That's fine. So so here we are today. All of my vision has culminated. I'm now working with lots of ministries to help them. And and I call myself an advocate for ministries in mm-hmm. sound, lighting, and mm-hmm. stuff, all the production stuff they do. And it's even beyond that, I think, in the actual ministry itself. Um, but the key to this is we all, we so have this tendency to look at Jesus and go, well, he started his ministry at 30. <laughs> this is all, we always do this, you know. I'm, I'm telling you, God used, I, every experience I've ever had in my life has culminated for this moment. Every single thing I've ever mm-hmm. done for this, this moment. moment. Mm-hmm. You, you look at Paul's life. One was really, in, in my opinion, Paul was absolutely the most effective in his latter years. Mm-hmm. And this is the thing we all have to embrace that God may begin to do something in us. We see it as a beginning. He may begin to do something in us now we're actively doing a thing Mm -hmm. and we're like, wow, why are we just starting this? Mm -hmm. Because 
Mm-hmm. Because you have been growing and building to right. this moment right. yeah. and God's been putting the right people in your life. And I, I describe it like gears running into each other, uh-huh. right? You, they, when God told me w- what we were going to be doing here at Stream Grace Network, he gave me a big list of all these things. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, all right, cool. What's first? And he said, nope, all at the same time. And I was quasi overwhelmed. Right, right. <laughs> but at the, at the same time, I thought, no, this is the whole point. When Peter said to Jesus, Lord, if it's you, bid me come. That was pretty overwhelming. Right. I don't think he thought for one second that the God would say, or Jesus would say, yeah, come on out. <laughs> right. <laughs> if he had thought about it, he, he might not have said, said it. it. Right. But that's the whole thing is that it, it would be overwhelming to step out on the water. Right. right? Well, it's not overwhelming when your eyes are fixed on the Lord. Right. And mm-hmm. so as he's prepared us for these moments, all these things that are happening with all of our lives, they are not the beginning. They are the beginning of seeing the fruit come, mm-hmm. the beginning of the exactly. harvest. harvest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's what's happening. And so all of all of us in this time frame, these folks that are just getting started and they're older as their thought process. No, you've been you started when you were 20. Yeah. Right. And God has brought this to you. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Same way. Same same way with mm-hmm. us, you know, and I've shared this with Rachel recently when she was, well, I say recently, it's been with last year, practically when she was sharing with what she's going through along the lines of what you said. And I I got this going through what we go through and look back and I'll give you an example is that the experiences and the things that we think today, God is preparing us for things that are going to occur in our future. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I just got another revelation about that. And Lord whispered to me, just a few weeks ago that and then i told that statement to rachel and immediately after that i heard the whisper say and that's what keeps you irrelevant to today yes good night it's like (laughs) this was like about 11 o'clock at night Mm -hmm. told rachel great lord why did you do that now (laughs) i can't can't sleep sleep. (laughs) i'm thinking about this you know wow that keeps me relevant to the day so it all works together it works together under the term called the church of the future yes Mm -hmm. it's the church of the future because i just sat and talked with a with a young a young um he was young talking about this who and and this sound this is going to sound like weird but that generation's not reading their bible right you know the the 20 and unders aren't reading their bible and we talked about this because that's all we were taught to do mm-hmm. was read our Bible and pray. It's a pendulum swing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and okay, I, okay, yes, yes, read your Bible and pray. And I do. But God, what's happening here? This whole generation. So what are they reading? Me. Yeah. Him. Yeah. I'm living epistles. 47. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. God has taken our language, which is Bible language, and made it unorthodox for them to hear, to pull them into his heart, Yeah, mm-hmm. his heart. I have more people who listen to this podcast and are going, I want to be, I, I understand that. Mm-hmm. I understand that. One, just the other day, I'm really feeling like I need to get baptized again. I mm. said, if that's a desire and, and he doesn't even go to church. Oh no. Oh, what do we do? But it, it, it will pull him into a church yes. that will have the heart of the father because he's listening to people like us who've been through all the church evolutions, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, <True. clears throat> who have gone, this is what God had to pull out of me. This is the language he had to put into me. And the bottom line is he loves you mm-hmm. no matter what. 
no matter what, you cannot get away from the love of the Father. Yeah. No matter what you do. And to speak to what you just said, John, too, about this uh, preparing us for our future, right? So mm-hmm. yesterday I'm, I'm leaving church and I just led worship. <clears throat> and I had such a weird feeling. I'm just sitting there going, man, I don't even really know what's happening right this minute. I, mm. I feel like there's all these little things that are happening and I'm supposed to do them. And I can't make rhyme or reason of them. I can't even make sense of them, even though I have a bigger picture vision that I'm totally confident in, right? And I'm sharing this with uh, with the pastor. And he said, would it surprise you if I said I'm in the same boat? Mm-hmm. And I said, no. Mm-mm. And I said, here's the only thing that I feel really confident in. And I said these words almost without thinking. I said, I, th- I believe there is a coming cataclysm and all of what we're doing will make sense in regard to that. Exactly. Oh, yes. that is good. Yeah. And yep. that's, and that's what it is. It's like everything we're doing doesn't quite make sense. It's like Noah. Mm-hmm. How much sense mm-hmm. did it make None. for Noah mm-hmm. to build this ark? None. Mm-hmm. That's what, man, I just, I felt the, the spirit in that. Said, do it all. Yeah. You're right. Well, do it all. And, and, and you know, to give, to give you a really good example about what we've been talking about, you know, God's preparing us for the future that we're going mm-hmm. to yes. have. Mm-hmm. So going through that whole experience in California and, and leaving the company there, um, you know, we went from a very well, good income. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, the following year was just devastating mm-hmm. to us, you know, living in a rental home that was third of the size of what we had and all this mm-hmm. stuff, you know, my refrigerator was uh an ice cooler that I could plug into the wall. Wow. wow. You know, it was at yeah. that kind of level that we had Talk about gone transition. A huge transition. Mm-hmm. Well, during that time, you know, we got to be familiar with government food stamps mm-hmm. and subsidies mm-hmm. and how to work that whole system, system. Mm-hmm. and how that manipulated. And like, yes, it was a very humbling time and moment. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and there were a lot of things coming out of California that we had to go through in, in selling our house, well, almost losing our house and selling it and all this mumble jumble. Can you that. see the similarities? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, so we go through all that and you're like, God, why am I having to endure this you know i thought this was going to be i was going to go to bible school and i was going to get this house you know and then it's not what you think it's going to be it will be some tough times Mm -hmm. well go through bible school finish bible school i'm watching tv one day and saw joyce and on tv and lord says send your application in there i did 23 years later i'm still there (laughs) but in the process of living those during those 23 years when we moved back to st louis area where, where the ministry is located my wife got this heart to start helping kids mm-hmm. and she's always been like that and, and but she really wanted to get involved in some level well she found this thing with the state of illinois that uh, you become a caretaker and you help families who have an open child abuse case with the state of illinois mm-hmm. now it wasn't child abuse in the sense of really bad stuff mm-hmm. some of it was voluntarily the parents just realized they can't take care of just it neglect. So, mm-hmm. just neglect mm-hmm. well guess what <laughs> she taught those people how to work the system to get food, food stamps, stamps mm-hmm. government assistance government assistance mm-hmm. how to work sheets so all those things that we had to go through to learn how to, mm-hmm. to to make to work that system now she's teaching those people oh i know this shortcut i know this thing mm-hmm. i know that thing mm-hmm. so it was just amazing how god just you know, kind of laid all that out for and, her and, and us. Kim, 
and and they work really well as a team. Everywhere John has worked, she's almost she's had a job almost at the same place, hasn't mm-hmm. she? Yeah, mm-hmm. they work so well as a team. Really, to for me, looking at a great model for at a married at a married couple. Mm-hmm. Now he, I don't live with you, and she I don't live with her, so don't ruin the image for me, please. <laughs> <laughs> but Kim has this massively big heart of compassion, and just watching her open up her heart and take these kids in that are broken and not just the kids, the moms mm-hmm. sometimes watching her, take them and teach them, train them. Mm-hmm. What I call being the mother heart of God and seeing her uh, mentor and get frustrated, but watching them grow and stick with it, mm-hmm. stick with it. Well, what is she doing? She's teaching the next generation, the heart of the father, and it's not necessarily what she thought it would look or anything she ever expected no. to go through. Nothing expecting it. Now she teaches her grandsons. Um, she homeschools them. But just watching Kim from afar has shown me so much uh, the tenderness. You, you can't talk to her without her getting teary. <laughs> and I love it. I love it because it's, it's God's heart. Mm-hmm. It's God's heart in her. And she... And I know she has her own experience with God and, and the process. And so you tell me about the process of you getting from Crawley, Jerry Seville school to getting on at Joyce's. And then what was that? What's that been like there? It's uh, so. the pro- So we had, you know, we we moved. Well, you moved back to we Oklahoma, gra- didn't you? Right. Grad, you know, graduated Bible school and trying to sort out what was going to happen and you know i thought in my mind i was going to go work for this ministry i had come to know in bible school and so we explored that and then god spoke to my heart and it changed directions for reasons so we ended up moving back to oklahoma city we lived in, and lived in the trailer that i lived in mm-hmm. with the with the, with uh, the ostriches, ostriches but i killed them yeah. so he didn't have to deal with that That's so funny. i took care of that i found a lot of feathers <laughs> yeah <laughs> so we lived there for six months and you know i still i didn't work and kim got a job and uh, you know still t- maintained four boys and it's just kind of sorting things out where am i supposed to go come on i, I quit this job moved from california go to Bible school. It seems to, all weird. seems like everything's dialing down, didn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. To do what? And like I said, I was just watching TV one day. Joyce was on. Well, and it's, he said, send in your application. I did. Didn't hear anything for almost 30 days. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we came back to St. Louis to, on Christmas to visit. And I told my wife, I said, you know, I'm just going to go by there and see what's going on and say, hey. And uh, so I did stop by, talked to a couple people and said, I sent my application in 30 days ago. I was kind of wondering what's going on. And so I, when I did that, they uh, were like, oh, my, kind of freaked them out. Like this guy was just showing up. And, uh, <laughs> Security. Yeah, Security. <laughs> right. So, you know, but we ended up with an interview, you know, worked things out. And I came there for an interview um, a couple days later. And uh got was on was hired and mm-hmm. been there 23 23 years and you know it, it it's it's a ministry but it's people mm-hmm. so we go through our things yes slot mm-hmm. things that you too probably experienced with church right mm-hmm. but you know one thing taking on that position within the first six months i was there 
I knew it's another one of those moments where, where God, it was an audible voice almost. I just want, I want you to settle and I just want you to be faithful. Mm-hmm. I said, okay, mm-hmm. you know, so mm-hmm. 23 years and uh, I'm there. Just, I just want you to be faithful mm-hmm. to what's going on mm-hmm. here. And there's been a lot of clean water, dirty water, go fl- under the bridge, evolutions. Yeah. 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 And it's all been very, very good. Well, you know? and she has maintained, because she's still extremely, you talk about still being relevant mm-hmm. at her age. Absolutely. <laughs> it's kind of what we've just been talking about. Mm-hmm. Her God's been preparing her for her future to keep her relevant. Mm-hmm. And because I, there are people, different generations below me that know her. But watching her navigate the evolution of church ministry, well, just ministry, because she's not a mm-hmm. church. She doesn't have a church. She's mm-hmm. just a ministry. Right. And then you being in the inner workings of that, watching the behind the scenes of change, she's still leading the way. She is very much so. She's still leading the way. And I mean, I've listened to many uh, evangelist pastors and stuff, but she is one that when I, she's not a regular diet of mine, but I can go anytime, whenever she pops up or some, my God kind of leans me this way. It's extremely relevant. How old is she? She's, really? You're okay. Well, me that question. well, she's older than you. Hold on, I'll look it up. <laughs> then nobody's incriminated. But it's just like, no. so, but at her age, she's she's in her mid seventies. Yeah, not. Re- I don't know if she's going to retire or not, but she's just so relevant. Mm-hmm. And and I know there is tension when you work in a ministry and then you're navigating your own personal life with God. You know, God has a way. But I can't help but think she's had people like you in the foundations of her ministry, changing. All along, all along in how we think, how we're wired to keep the heart of the father. Mm-hmm. She has the heart of the father in her ministry, but we all go through, okay, God's dismantling this, taking this out, rearranging this, but the story's always building. Cause I think, I still think she'll be relevant in this harvest time. Mm-hmm. And we've heard the word harvest how many times <clears throat> growing up? <laughs> yeah, man. And I think that's the funny thing. And maybe this isn't the case. Maybe, maybe every generation feels this, but you know, we all grew up. I, I, and I don't think they actually, every generation doesn't necessarily feel this. We grew up in a time where Israel became a state shortly, you know, mm-hmm. before we were born probably, or some, around the same time. But, um, you know, all these things that you can prophetically look at and, I think we did it. I think everything happened just the way it was supposed to. You know, there was enough callous because of all these predictions mm-hmm. of this belief. I mean, think about how, you know, people ask this a lot when they go to church. They're like, so you guys pre-trib, mid-trib? You know, that, <laughs> you still ask that question. That's still, yeah, I hear that. And I'm like, I'm no trib, bro. Like, not no trib. I, I don't, I, I'm not one that's significant. Like, I don't think the rapture is what we've decided it to be. Mm-hmm. Um you know what though i also would say i could be wrong because you know what that's prophecy and right. i always go back to the pharisees and sadducees they absolutely had jesus pegged right not jesus but they knew who the messiah was what he was going to look like and standing right in front of them they missed, they it, missed it because they had that preconceived notion right. i think the same thing about in times however my whole existence i'm looking at now going yeah in my opinion we're in the middle of seven years of tribulation and i think it will culminate and that's just an opinion mm-hmm. but but that whole, I mean, the relevant part of this, it, the reality is I think all of it, there's so many, this generation is not going to see death the way that we have experienced, experienced it. it. Yeah. And, 
you know, one of the things I've maintained for a long time is I, when I read Revelation, see, when I first got saved, man, I was like a Revelation junkie because I thought it was the coolest thing ever. And then I was like, I don't understand any of this. Exactly. And, and it's like, I didn't, you know, it was all crazy, weird. What's going to happen into the world? Like Mm -hmm. I like disaster movies. I mean, it's just how it is. Right. So, but I remember thinking the disconnect was always for me, the battle of Armageddon. And I always would look at the battle of Armageddon and I'm like, okay, so the whole world comes against Israel. And I'm like, well, but we're allied to Israel. Like mm-hmm. it's not the whole world against Israel. It's the whole world against Israel and the U S like in my brain, that's right. how, where mm-hmm. I was. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I just lived in this place. It's like, well, until the U S can no longer be a part of be an ally of Israel, this time isn't going to come. And Mm -hmm. so I've, I've maintained that the U S either needs to no longer be an ally needs to be no longer capable of coming to the rescue or the aid of Israel Mm -hmm. or both or not exist at all. Right. Right. (laughs) And so as I've watched this country unfold, I'm like, well, like Mm -hmm. I said, (laughs) (laughs) because whether, I mean, we're in a place politically where we, man, we are just on the edge and, and, you know, I, we not to get in the political side of this thing, but you've basically taken a, a, a significant group of people in this country and, and you have disenfranchised their ability to legally make change, legal, mm-hmm. legally have a, a voice like right. you've you've stripped that of so many people and it's not getting better. It's getting worse. Um, and it's not even been done through the government, really. I mean, right. I guess one could argue conspiracy there, but um, but ultimately it's it's been done privately and so ultimately you know when we get to this place it's like man i can't even imagine a world two years from now i mean think about this in 2015 could anybody have predicted where we'd be as a country right now oh, no no no. no i mean even 2018 right. we couldn't predict what's happening, happening now. now yeah well i i <laughs> because of you can't predict what's happening in the future god's preparing our future that's right mm-hmm. this is the sentence that i have learned to live in because of all that, we used to say, oh, I see the light at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> no, I don't. Yeah, right. I don't see the light at the end of the tunnel, but I see the light in, in the tunnel. That's right. And it's like literally probably uh, the light is a match. <laughs> yeah. And I because I know his heart and some and I'm sure in your process, you're going, is God leading it? I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, God said change. I know beyond a shadow of a, a, shadow of a doubt, God said, be faithful. But this is all weird looking. Yeah. This is all undefinable. And if you were to ask somebody, you know, a religion, they would say, no, the God's not in that. Like, no, I'm pretty sure he is because I feel him. I see mm-hmm. the next step, although I can't see where I'm going. Yeah. And I believe in write the vision, make it plain. But if I write the vision and make it plain that I'm going to try to get myself to that it's different. It's different. It is different. It is different. different. Yes. It is different. Yes. But we didn't teach it that way. All right. We taught, write the vision, make a plan, get a vision for your life. I, okay. God, what do you see? Yeah. God, what's the vision you see? And, and he's going to show you, be faithful. What the heck am I supposed to do with that? <laughs> Sometimes when you get yeah. in the car, it's foggy out. Yeah, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. You can, When you get in the car and there's no fog, you're looking a mile down and you see what's going on. Right. But sometimes there's fog and you have to adjust your... Your, your approach, yeah, right, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. What were you gonna say? Were you gonna say something? Uh, we had, you know, we had kind of talked about that mm-hmm. just not too long ago. Like we've had a lot of great conversation here <laughs> the past few months. Yeah. Um, so we just, you know, that um, 
ride the vision, make a plane? Were you going to yeah, just that? Uh, you know, and I think that's what I kind of went through, and what you kind of went through is like, gosh, you know, I've been godly all these years. Mm-hmm. I've got nice income. I got a nice car. I got a nice house, mm-hmm. and life is going good. You know, this is what it's and supposed then, to be. This is what it's supposed to be. It was a goal I set and prayed about it and got mm-hmm. there, and now all of a sudden it's trashed yeah mm-hmm. yeah there's a divorce well, there's this there's... you're expecting god to oh my gosh i'm about re- god i'm about ready to lose my house help mm-hmm. me save me i'm waiting mm-hmm. for this you know i need a divine miracle and it just kind of keeps, keeps going unfolding. downhill and mm-hmm. unfolding you know so and i've learned that you know what there's a vision i made on prayers that i, I prayed. prayed that's right and that's the reason why I ended up there. Yeah. Now let's scrap it all. Let's do it yeah. different. Right. The way God has the vision and the mm-hmm. way God directs it. Right. And I prayed those prayers and this will have strike a chord in you because it was a prosperity gospel. This is what God wants me to have. He wants me. And I'm not denying all those good things. But then I achieved that and got to the end. And I'm like. And? And? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> weird. I feel empty. Weird. Yeah. This How feels strange. weird. Yeah. I feel emotionally disconnected. Yeah. I feel like there's something missing. So when I started pursuing that thing that was missing, which was for me, what's on the throne of your life? What was ministry and this and that and building these goals and helping people? Oh, wait. That's what I planned. That's what I thought you wanted me to do to God. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was going to look like this. Nobody got hurt, but did they? Mm -hmm. (laughs) I, I get at the end and go, okay, God, I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted. What do you want? Mm. And really, it was like, seek my heart, find me, find my heart. And then you get into the heart of the father and then the healing starts coming. Then the clarity starts coming. Then then you walk in with God and then he starts dismantling mindsets Mm. and thoughts (laughs) and kicking over sacred cows. I remember thinking the same thing and and going through all that. I'm like. One day in prayer, I was praying, and Lord, why is all this what it is? Painful, hurtful, excitement, mm-hmm. and all this. And all of a sudden, I just crossed the, my mind. I had this picture of this. There was this huge pile of salt and pepper in the middle of the kitchen table, all mixed up. Mm-hmm. And I saw this hand one by one a grain of salt oh to the left, gosh. a grain of salt, pepper to the right, mm-hmm. a grain of salt, a grain of pepper, just sorting it out. <sighs> and I was like, I knew there was a hand of God uh-huh. sorting things out uh-huh. inside me. And a lot of the stuff is so small, he's mm, still sorting he's still it out, s- you know, and he's pulling it apart and we're going to end up. Yeah. Where oh, we my need. goodness. I so love that picture that because was, how long ago was that? It was back, it, sometime. back when we were getting, you know, like two years when God says, time for a change, mm-hmm. you know, it was during that, that transition. But those pictures stay with you and he mm-hmm. will do that in your heart the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. The rest of your life, the picture I got was my heart and it, I've called it debris because life happens and unmet expectations and traumas and hurts and, you know, getting pregnant at 16 and all those, all my stories puts this debris in my heart and they were like splinters. And one by one, I saw God's hand, like just pushing one little splinter. I mean, splinters are hurt. I mean, those things are nasty, you know, it's like. A splinter is the worst thing, really. Is it really the no. worst thing? <laughs> but okay. <laughs> but it completely d- takes my attention. And I saw God's hand just slowly moving a splinter up. And I thought, that hurts. But I know you're here with me. Mm-hmm. I know you're here to deal with that. And sometimes that splinter was a mindset. Sometimes that splinter was, okay, I need to forgive this person. Or sometimes that splinter was, you were a royal 
jerk to them, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> and, yep. and then having this conversation enough to go, we had this, how did I get so intuitive and so turn into like a PI of my own heart mm-hmm. to go, why did that splinter get here? How did I get that? And allowing God to not just remove the splinter, but change my identity, change mm-hmm. my thinking to go, I don't want to do that again. And just last night we had this conversation. How did I get so intuitive to do that? Mm-hmm. And because I don't want to repeat. And then how we have raised our kids different. And now our kids are raising our grandkids even differently. And we're seeing them. They're smarter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're smarter. Teaching us stuff. They're teaching us stuff. And they're, they are, they're seeing the world different. And our grandkids are our future. I mean, God prepared us in the past for their future. Mm-hmm. So it's been a really interesting mirror image of my brother's life and my life. God, the hand of God on up on us, both working us, dismantling us, positioning us because probably within, I guess the end of last year, when I, when I filed for a divorce, I didn't want to tell him. <laughs> I didn't want to call <laughs> yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. I didn't want to call him because I thought, oh gosh, what is he going to say? You know, <laughs> and I think I texted, either I texted Kim. I can't remember how he did that. Yeah, I don't remember exactly either, but I found out. <laughs> he did. He found out. Either I texted Kim and Kim, but what he said back to me was, I've always, I, I forget what it was, but it was a father's handprint. And I thought, there's something different about him that I I can hear God's voice in him. Not that I can't anybody else, but just our paths have been so strategic in how God leads to us. And I remember having this thought as a little girl, listening to him and my dad and my sister Becky sit around the dining room table because that's what we did a lot is talk. Listening to their talk, their conversations, laughing, joking, revelations, prophecy, Bible, and thinking, I want to do that one day. I want to be able to be smart enough to have an intelligent conversation with my brother and sister and, and, and like, here we are. Like, but God put that in and my you're past. you're almost there. I'm almost there. I'm almost there. Yeah. I just almost there. <laughs> now, what I really find fascinating is, is now is that, you know, being 15 and a half years difference between me and Rachel is the things that we've gone through. Again, here we are back to God helping us, our future. Those things that I went through, how, parallel not parallel but side by side but only a step ahead Mm -hmm. that we went through that i experienced god showed me god's led me changed my heart you know and all these things that like i said earlier the beginning what's become more important to me is my relationship with jesus Mm -hmm. christ all the other how god used to speak to me and all these other things i'm relearning Mm -hmm. because i'm finding out that the things that man taught me the things man taught taught me me. yes (laughs) yes you know Mm -hmm. but and with that how rachel and i being apart distance and age we're coming around to the same point Uh in god our father Mm -hmm. and almost at the same Mm -hmm. time is what we're discovering about each other in these conversations we have yeah well my my aunt beverly passed away last october and i just was like i am going i'm going and it was that was a really interesting time for me but i had this drive because it was she lived in the town I was born in. And I was like, I'm going to go to the house I was born in. I want to go to this bakery that my mom used to take me to. I want to go to Glick's where my mom is like, I had, I wanted to visit things that were in my 
roots. And that was like the first time he'd seen me since for a long time. And I just was, I felt so alive, but back at home, things were brutal. Things were really being dismantled. And saw my nephews, his four boys were there, saw all of them, saw my aunts, you know, my uncle and cousins and stuff. And we leave and I'm driving back home with my sister. And I think he called, he, he calls me or texts me. No, then I filed for a divorce and all that stuff comes public. And he said, you know, when I saw you in October, he said, I told Kim, I said, she's back. Isn't that kind of what you said? Mm -hmm. She's back. I don't know what else happening, but she's back. Something, and something's happened. Something's going on. But she's back to being Rachel, who you knew. Who I knew. Who mm-hmm. I lost. I didn't know she was gone. Yeah. But but one thing I think one of my our dad's favorite verses is that he'll renew your youth like the eagles. Mm-hmm. And I think getting. I wanted to go back to where I was young. I wanted to experience those things. Changed me was one of the things that changed me on a cellular level and just searching for God's heart that people begin to see it. People begin to see it. I, like I said, I didn't know I lost it. I didn't know, I didn't know where this, this girl was, but people are beginning to see it. And I think that visual encounter back in St. Louis was what I think God said, it's time, it's time for you two to, you know, but he was my, you know, hero. And I, I thought, well, that's my brother. I mean, he's like, he can talk to me if he wants to. <laughs> like, I was a little <laughs> nervous today. <laughs> you know, and something you, you just now said that really rang with me in what we're coming back around and relearning, relearning God the Father. Mm-hmm. You know, before it was church, it was biblical. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, it was religion. Mm-hmm. But now what you just said really rings true with me. It's God becoming us at a cellular level oh, is what yes. it feels like now mm-hmm. you know and it's yep. what i sense yeah it you is know, and, and i think that's why the church is changing because mm-hmm. god wants to bring it to the cellular individual mm-hmm. level, level you know totally agree with that i meet people all over and i think where you're going with mm-hmm. this and the church of the future and these podcasts it's it's it is taking the heart of the father to places that it inside the walls of a church will never go. And I always feel like I have to qualify that because I do love the church. I love what it stands. I love going on Sundays and being a, a part of a corporate body and worship, but that's not my relationship with God. Yeah. It's an additive. That's the thing. thing. And I want to say that it's so important. People understand that what's happened is we have culturally found ourselves, our relationship. And if you're a Christian, you go to church like that's the mm-hmm. connection right, right? Yes. and that's the problem is that christianity is not a club it's not a once a week activity it's a it's it's existence it's a life it's, it's life. exactly it's who emotion. right it's mm-hmm. it's at your very penetrative core down to the cellular level, level. Mm-hmm. and so to to summarize it or to even characterize it at any level as a church I go to <laughs> is as surface and trite mm-hmm. and meaningless as it could ever mm-hmm. be. Does that mean it's bad? No, no not at mm-hmm. all. But when it's when it's the depth when it's, of your Christianity, right, right, you're not right. You're not. Right. I mean, I'm just going right. to you're not. That's right. not that there's nothing about that. I mean, Jesus talked about the church like twice. Yeah, <laughs> talked about the kingdom of God like ninety something times or yeah, something. Right. Yeah. I mean, recorded. I right. mean, maybe right. he talked about the church all the time, but the disciples <laughs> didn't write it down. It's not <laughs> I, I don't know exactly. 
anyway, I just think that's so important is, is, you know, a lot of times, especially like in, in some of our podcasts on the network, there's a lot of conversation about the church's shortcomings. Well, it's shortcomings because it was never intended to be, to be what that. It is. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it, I forget who said it. It, if if Jesus was to walk the earth now, we'd have to teach him how to do church like we do it now. Oh yeah, because it wasn't it wasn't in what he created and crafted. He hung out with, and you said this jokingly, the sinners, you know. Right. And I I've thought about this being getting pregnant at sixteen. Okay, what was it like for Mary getting pregnant at sixteen and then walking around saying? She's a virgin. <laughs> I mean, weird, weird at the least weird. She, you, she totally was an outcast. She totally was just. And so Jesus grew up in a home where the mother had a label on her as an outcast. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't he hang out with them? Why wouldn't his heart be towards his heart is towards all of us. I've always said this. There's nothing more important to God than the human yeah. heart. He is coming after the heart of the people so he can put his heart in us. It's it's the God in you. And this is why our really our conversations are so rich. It's the God in you hitting the God in me, and it's bringing out this mm-hmm. color, this salt and light, the God color. It's the God in us hitting the God in you, Jeremy, and it's causing this, 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 this juicy understanding. Yeah. And wow, the kaleidoscope's it's turning. Creates life. Yeah. Oh. It's just life bubbling up. Yeah. God and, doesn't use he, he he doesn't use the extraordinary. He uses the ordinary and makes it extraordinary. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the thing. We 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 have this benefit of seeing we we see the whole of scriptural history Mm -hmm. and we go well david was mighty and moses was mighty. no these guys were not no they were no (laughs) they were were ordinary ordinary Mm -hmm. and 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 that's mm -hmm. the whole point is when we look around at what god does in our lives that's it Mm -hmm. we are i am a normal human Mm -hmm. right and is the more i surrender myself to his will and i and i burn my ships right when i (laughs) When I just say, you know what, I'm doing this, mm-hmm. uh, who right. knows what's going to happen? Right. The more I do that, the more extraordinary God can yeah. work in right. my life, right. right? Well, ordinary, David picked up five stones. Right. You talk about God working in his future. Yeah. <laughs> he picked up five stones, ordinary five stones, ordinary boy, taking lunch. Yeah. Yeah. And and he God does an extraordinary And he's thing. like, what are you guys doing? What are you guys doing? <laughs> yeah. You're just letting this guy mock you? <laughs> You're okay. Hold on. I'll be hold right my back. Yeah. Hold, my hold my beer. That's what he said. Hold my beer. He's like, oh look, it's a, hold my beer, bro. I got this. They're I like, here, you. put on this armor. He's like, dude, this is God. You guys are idiots. Religion versus David knew the heart of the father. Yeah. David killed right. the bear, killed the lion. He experienced God. He dared to actually believe the word of God. Wow. And when I say the word, I mean the living, living word, word that spoke God. to yes. him. He dared to believe that that's actually accurate. Right. Oh, <laughs> didn't he? And he wow. acted on it. Yeah. So, wow. We could probably go and go and go and go. I'm um, sure. Go. <laughs> yeah. But we are not. Well, I know we're not. <laughs> we should do a part two. But it was so good to have you here today. Log on, subscribe to this podcast, and thank you for being here, John. You're welcome. It was my, my pleasure. Thanks, Jeremy. Yep. Love you guys. <laughs>